how to see and share Jesus from all of Scripture, well, learn with us at the Christ Centered and Clear podcast. Welcome back to Christ Center and Clear. I'm Nate Aiken, one of your hosts. Also have with me, as always, my brother John, as we continue our series on Proverbs. And uh, we've kind of made our way through Proverbs 1 through 9, and now jumping into different topics. We've talked about anger. Today, we're going to talk about laziness, uh, the sloth. And uh, John, so uh, let's jump in. What kind of what approach did you take? Uh, and then kind of what were some of the key texts? Yeah, so one of the things that I tried to do in this sermon and a lot of sermons in Proverbs, actually, is just talk about how Proverbs helps us to understand, right, that wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord, and and that Proverbs also talks about, like, really practical, everyday life sort of things. And so it helps uh, combat this idea of, like, a, a spiritual, secular divide in our life, and so that every um, as some scholars have said, every nook and cranny of our life, every every like bit uh, of our life is lived before the Lord, um, and it has spiritual significance. And that's true with laziness as well. Like laziness is not just a character flaw; it's a spiritual problem. And um, mm. I think I've used this in a previous podcast when we were looking at Proverbs six and talking about the ant and um, and laziness. But the, I, I've I've used before. This song that Kenny Chesney was one of the singers on this song called Down the Road. And it's about this young man, this young lady that fall in love and talking about the parents or the, the, the separate concerns that the parents have about whether they should marry. And that mama wants to know, is he washed in the blood or just in the water? Uh, mm. And daddy wants mm. to know if he makes enough to take his daughter down the road. And uh, And that in a lot of Christians' minds, the idea is, they would think mom has a really spiritual concern. She wants to know if he's a, if he's a blood bought born again, Christian dad has a real secular concern. He wants to know if he has a good job and is going to take care of his daughter. And according to Proverbs, both of those are spiritual concerns, uh, that God, God wants, um, you to have a good work ethic. And, and part of what it means to fear the Lord is, and to be in right relationship with Jesus is that you are a person who is able to complete the tasks that you have been assigned. Um, now, the, the, as, as far as there's a lot of passages, there's a ton of passages in Proverbs on laziness, but there's an extended kind of discourse on laziness in Proverbs 24 um, and verses um, 20, uh, 30 through 34. And so I use that as kind of the base text. Um, it just talks about pass by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, and behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it, and I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, mm. a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber, and want like an armed man. And I, I chose that passage, one, because it's indicative of a lot of what Proverbs says about laziness and sloth, but also because it connects to that that those ideas of overgrown thorns, uh, nettles, points back to the curse of Genesis chapter three, and how this is a mm. this is a spiritual issue. Um, and so that that's kind of where I started on all these things. Did you mainly do just an exposition of that uh, pericope and then bring no, other things in? I I mainly set up with that and gave it that that 
Genesis 3 background, the curse language. Uh, you know, sin makes it difficult to work and provide. Our sinful reaction to that uh, oftentimes is to take on as little responsibility as we can because of that curse. And so you're you're driven to, you know, see that as an excuse not to give all of your effort. Um, and the sluggard gives into that. And so it's just like, well, you know, I'm I'm sweating. I'm it, it's difficult to provide. Might as well just let the thorns grow and let things fall apart. And how the sage mm-hmm. was observing that, um, you know, that Genesis three East of Eden kind of world, and then is instructed by it to 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 call us to a different order, a, a way that you know the order of, of the original creation. And so, no, I didn't I didn't walk through verse by verse, but I I just I use it as the kind of the setup. How did you try to make kind of uh, confront the audience as far as this is not just like the person that we obviously know is lazy, but this is something we all like it's common demand and something we all struggle with. How did you try to drive home? Uh, this is something that we all should be on guard against. Yeah, it's a great question. So I, I walk through probably five or six ways that I think Proverbs defines laziness. And, um, and so I, I, I just tackled that sh- like head on. So like the, the, after the introduction, the first part of the sermon was just kind of what laziness is and how destructive laziness is. And so I walked through certain things um, where it's like, Hey, we think of the 35 year old, you know, sleeping on his parents' couch, blogging in the basement, watching Jerry Springer all day or, you know, whatever's on now. I don't even know what that is. No, how, how did you choose Jerry Springer? I, I must have preached this in the '90s, I guess. <laughs> it was not true, but uh, is it Maury, Who's on now? Maury Povich, or I don't, um, I, I don't even I know what no Ashley programming is. But I try to, I try to work during the day and not, you know, get on Twitter like some pastors. But that, that might be a conversation that for another is day. A, as that would be a helpful conversation. But that's the idea: is that just because so, so, so we're able to avoid the passages that uh, about this in Proverbs, because we say, well, I've got a job, I'm working. Um, but there's other ways that laziness is defined in Proverbs. So, um, you know, wanting your needs met without having to work or spend wisely. Um, and so I'm talking about people who, who depend upon uh, handouts, like that there are people who genuinely cannot work and genuinely need to be provided for. Proverbs talks a lot about that. Um, but Proverbs 20 verse four says a slugger does not plow in season. So at harvest time, he looks, but finds nothing. Um, again, that's not most of us, but there's some people who, who do depend on handouts, people who could work, um, and, and who choose not to, and, and want to like play the system. Um, some it's, it's not prioritizing what needs to be done over what we want to be done. And so it's, you, you know, you aren't able to prioritize what are the most important things in your life and being able to take control of your life. I mean, so, so Proverbs talks about these kinds of things. Uh, for a lot, it's loving to sleep too much. Okay. Now we need good rest. We need a good rhythm of work and yeah. rest and, and sleep, but l- loving sleep to the point where you can't get out of bed, get to work, be productive is seen as, is seen as laziness, um, in Proverbs. Yeah. Uh, another thing is not completing the tasks that you've been assigned to or not finishing them on time. Okay. And mm-hmm. so, um, it, it just, it, it talks about the Proverbs twelve twenty seven. the lazy man does not roast his game. Okay. So, so mm-hmm. the, the concept is here. 
he's gone out, he's hunted it down, he's killed it, but he can't bring it to completion because he can't, he can't actually roast it and serve it to his family. Um, and so like, there's a lot of people who get excited about, they, they can get real excited about every new project and starting new projects, but they don't complete the ones that are giving, given to them or they don't complete them on yeah. time when they're due. A, a massive issue is being sidetracked by conversions. Um, I, I just think of an, and I'm not trying to like endorse the entire movie, but, but in, in there was a movie called office space where a guy's being like challenged on what he does with his job. And he's like, in a given week, I, I think I do about 30 minutes of like actual real work. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, and it's like, well, why? Yeah. But you're working all day, but you're not actually focusing on your job. You're checking social media. You're passing around YouTube clips. You're, you know, you're passing Instagram reels. Right. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to men who call in sick when call it, when the new call of duty game comes out, like grown men. Oh. Um, and so a, a few years ago, I saw a statistic that said 400,000 work days are lost every day because people are playing Angry Birds. It was when Angry Birds first came out. 400,000 work days <laughs> lost every day. Okay. And so, um, in Proverbs 12, 11 says, he who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who pursues vain things lacks sense. And so that idea of being mm. your attention being diverted to things that, that don't really matter and they're not productive. Um, so we, we can, we can, um, you know, give ourselves the illusion of work because we're, because we're clocking in and out and we're, we're spending eight hours a day at the job, but we're not necessarily putting that into, into action. Video games went downhill after the AB button was not sufficient for gaming. So uh, I don't even know what Call of Duty yeah, is really. I mean, like uh, Mike um, Tyson's Punch Out and Super Tech Mobile, that, that, that seemed to be the zenith for me. Yeah, things we peaked. That did peak close yeah. to 90. Um, with all of these things, you kind of mentioned, obviously, sleep is a good thing. So rest is, I mean, it, it is a sign that we are not God. We we need rest. It's it's commanded of us. At the same time, there's, you know, too much of this leads to laziness. Same thing with anger. There's righteous anger, mm -hmm. but then there's a, a sense in which anger is negative. With almost all of these characteristics and things that we're going to go through, there's this sense of balance or trying to help people understand this could be a good thing to made a, you know, sinful thing. Uh, is that something you sort of unpack at each of these topics, kind of like the balance that plays between what is God commanded and then what becomes, you know, an area of, of foolishness and even sin? Yes. I mean, so I, so I do try to address those things because it, it, it is, I mean, this is true of most things in our lives, right? That if you, if you use them in the proper context and in the proper way, they are good and helpful for human flourishing, if you use them in an incorrect context and use them in an inappropriate way, then they're not good and helpful for human flourishing. And so I, and, and thankfully on this topic, we are given at least some guidelines for that, right? Work six days, rest seventh. Um, we're, we're, that's embedded from the, um, really the beginning. And then as it's laid out in the 10 commandments, this rhythm of work and rest, and so it's not to be all work. You're not to be a workaholic. It's not to be all rest. You're not to be lazy, but there's to be a balance. And so I'm, so I'm talking about those kind of things. But so even again, some other ways that Proverbs divine, defines laziness, like one way is it's, it's all talk and, and not really much action to back up the talk. Like people can, 
meet, have all these meetings in a workplace, make big plans. But if you don't follow through, then that's considered laziness. And Proverbs 14, 23, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. Um, don't say you'll do something if mm. you won't. So like, that's not a, that's not a, an imbalance. If you say you're going to do something, then do it. Um, it, you know, can't just constantly procrastinate. Um, you've got to take initiative to provide for your family. Uh, that, that's another thing I see in the work area. There's a lot of talk about finding a work that you're passionate about, finding what is your joy. If you, if you love what you do, you'll never have to work another day in your life. Like those are quotes that people use. And, and, and certainly that would be wonderful if that was the case. That's not the case for everybody. And, and just, and to, yeah. to say, well, I don't love what I'm doing, so I'm just not going to do it anymore. When you have a wife and you have children, it's like, no, the Bible says you've got to provide. And so sometimes you're going to have to do things that you don't really love to do, but you're going to have to do them anyways, um, because you want to provide for your family. Um, another thing is making excuses to avoid work or, you know, delaying having to do it. Proverbs 26 at 13 gives this like really ridiculous scenario. Uh, the sluggard says there's a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming in the streets. And so he doesn't, he doesn't want to go out. Right. And so he, he, so he makes an excuse and it's a thin excuse to avoid work. Um, but there's people, uh, we do that all the time, right? Like if, if you're trying to get used to working out and you're like, Hey, I'm going to get up at 6am and I'm going to run three miles every day. And on the days when it rains, you're like, Oh, well, I've got an excuse. I don't have to do it. You know, and, and you're kind of relieved, like, all right, I've got a legit reason why uh, I don't have to do it anyways. And um, what, one of the things that happens with people when this is the case is they can convince themselves that they're hard workers without actually having to be one and convince themselves that they're not mm. lazy um, because they're tired all the time or, or something like that. But it's like, no, no, you you are gravitating to procrastination, to excuses, to diversions that keep you from doing what you've legitimately been asked to do. And you've got to follow through on those things. I was poking fun a minute ago about being on uh, social media uh, during the day, but I have found even just with being on my phone, that being able to occasionally excuse, Hey, well, this is part of, of something necessary to what mm -hmm. I do. Uh, and actually it becomes a distraction that you can spend hours and hours upon uh, and, and so I, I feel like that is a level of which I thought I was being productive when I really wasn't being productive. Yeah. Um, and so just kind of re reorienting, how did you kind of drive home the Christ centered, uh, interpretation of the, the laziness passages in Proverbs? Well, I, I point to, first of all, I point to, again, the spiritual aspect of this. I, I use first Timothy five, eight as a cross reference. If someone doesn't provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he's denied the faith worse than unbeliever. And so this is a spiritual problem, and that ultimately Solomon's pointing us to Jesus, the wisdom of God, and that we see this in Jesus. So, so I, I would use kind of that whole, here's the standard, don't be lazy, to we've all fallen short. Here are the, and I was walking through, here are the ways that the Proverbs says you can be lazy, even if you're being real active. Um, and then three, Jesus is the one who fulfills this. Uh, and Jesus is the one who took our punishment, even though he's never failed here so that we can be forgiven and, and, and so that we can be saved and, um, receive the spirit and then have an opportunity to pursue God's design for our life. And so, um, just talk about how, um, 
I mean, Jesus over and over again is using the language of work. I I, ha- I must finish the work of him who sent me, John 4, 34. Uh, John 17, 4, I have finished the work which you have given me to do. When he, uh, and we think about that rhythm of work and rest, God created the world in six days. He finished his creation on Friday. He rested on Saturday. Jesus in new creation, uh, when he dies on the cross uh, on Friday, says it is finished. And then he rests in the garden tomb on Saturday. Jesus is the one who completed the task and the work that the Father gave him to do in order to um, in order to bring us salvation. And he's the one who who provides for his family, right? He's he prepares a home for his family, John 14. He feeds them, John 6. Like, and so so takes care of his is, mother on the cross. Takes care of his mother on the cross. So he so he's working. Uh, to provide, he's working to complete the task that God has given him to do, and um, and so we've fallen short of that. But we can be forgiven, we can be um, made new, and we can be conformed into the image of Christ, which means being conformed into the image of one who works and produces. Hmm. Any final words on application? How you sort of try to t- go from there to, um, yeah, just everyday application for the, for your people? Yeah, I just I just talk about how um, work reflects um god in terms of so so again in that that design that we've been um forgiven of our of our falling short and then and, and given this new opportunity in Christ to pursue god's design for our life part of what it means to image god is you work 6 days you rest on the 7th and so the work that you do is not just even the mundane things that you do is not insignificant, that it's very significant and spiritual. And so whether that's, you know, decorating your home or changing diapers or cleaning your room or mowing a lawn or turning in an assignment in school on time, or doing your homework, whether that's clocking in at eight and clocking out at five and not stealing time from your employer, um, you know, whether that's being able to cast vision for a project and then seeing it through to completion, uh, whether it's running audio video at the church or greeting or putting out chairs. Um, you do all of that. Obviously you do all that to the glory of God, but as you do that, you reflect God that what it means, what it looks like to be made in the image of God and to have that image being restored by Jesus. Um, and it means Christians should be the best employees. Like I, I say this in every church I'm at now working at an institution like Carson Newman. Um, it should be the case that employers in our region come to us and say, we want more Carson Newman students to come and to work at our workplace because hmm. they're the b- best employees. And they, yep. and it's not just there, it's not just they're punching a clock. They actually want to serve people. They want to make the world a better place. They want to do things with excellence. They want to do things with love, but they also want to do things with courage and conviction and, and not, you know, um, compromise wh- who they are in the workplace just to get ahead or what is not about convenience it's about conviction. Um, and so that, that's, that's what we should look like in Christ. Real quick question. Do we work in new creation? I, the Bible says that we do serve. Um, and so, yes, I think, I think we will work uh, in new creation, but without any frustration. Mm, good. Well, is it considered lazy if one of our uh, panel Fellow, fellow panelist was supposed to be on, but didn't make it on the podcast. It, it would have to depend upon the reason. It had to be a really good reason. 
we'll let Josh Redberg defend himself uh, on the next podcast. And we appreciate you listening to Christ Centered and Clear. Thank you for listening to the Christ Centered and Clear podcast. If you have questions or topics or texts you would like us to consider for future podcasts, please contact us at ChristCenteredAndClear at gmail.com. And please visit us at ChristCenteredAndClear.com for more resources. Thank you.